0: Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I'm Ross Boland, joined today as always by my buddy, Mr. Barrett Dudley, to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett,
1: how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing okay. You know, I was... uh... I was having an okay morning, and then I realized what I had forgotten. Why it wasn't a good morning? It's it's because um, I hadn't yet had my 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 um, my warm cup of pig's blood to to tide me over. So here here I am. I'm I'm now recording. Mm. I see you've got your cup of pig's blood there. Yes, now I've I just took a, a delicious sip of warm pig's blood, and now I'm just I'm feeling on top of the world as as this uh, as this elixir allows one to feel. So. <laughs> today we're dis- we're discussing
0: Amazon's zero uh, zero zero through episode six. It's it's five and six specifically that we're going to be touching on today. Uh, we'll we'll share what I thought were going to be our closing thoughts on the
1: last dance. I'm a moron. There are two left. Ross, it's safe to say that you were all over the place in our uh, yeah, our marketing in our marketing campaign this week in our social uh, campaign talking about this this episode. There was a
0: bit of confusion um, on a couple <laughs> different fronts. Okay, the first one we're addressing now, which is that I thought the last dance was over. Uh, I even titled
1: our little segment "Last Dance with the Last Dance," which yeah, is just stupid. Did, did you just think that they weren't they not just not going to show us the sixth championship? I guess that I just thought they were like, let's just leave it at the heartbreak with the Sonics and shit, and like the
0: and like I don't know, I don't know for whatever reason it was like, listen, it's a chaotic time right now. Everybody's confused. <laughs> And I, those, the, it's the it's the the footage of him that I kept seeing on social of him of Mike like crying, Cry- yeah, 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 and being like, if you don't want to play the game that way, like don't play, yeah. That struck for whatever reason, it kept ringing true in my head as like a perfect that's, ending.
1: Sure, sure.
0: So I I don't know why I classified it as the end, but we'll be discussing what uh, seven and eight of the last that's dance. That's correct. That's correct. And there's still two more, nine and ten. Um. So yeah, my apologies on the weird marketing this week. I you know. Blame it on whatever you want. Blame it on the pandemic. Blame it on my pot brain. <laughs> I, I choose to blame it on Barrett. Um, we're also oh, Barrett finished. By the way,
1: he watched uh, the plot against America. You finished it, right? I finally finished it up. Yeah, yeah. It took a, it took a while to get around to that that final uh, sixth episode, just because we were we were uh, bearing down on some other stuff, and that was a very intense show. So it wasn't just like a casual like. Oh yeah, we've got an hour. Let's just toss that on because the, the finale was a little bit longer and uh you had to be you had to set yourself up in the right mental state and give yourself enough time for a chaser afterwards. So it, sure. it, it just took me a, a, a week or two to, to to get there to get all the way. But I'll I'll say I'll say a few words on it anyway. Looking forward to that. And yeah. then we have uh we have a top five to knock
0: out, which will include the second half of my uh, confusion in the marketing (laughs) department uh, explanation. When we get there, when we get there, because we're actually going to do two top fives. One of them will be very quick and funny. Uh, But before we get into all that, today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa, makers of the greatest mattresses in the fucking world. I routinely argue your mattress is up there with your living room television in in terms of important purchases you're going to make for your home. So you got to ask yourself, is your mattress kind of shitty? Do you even remember where it came from? Do you wake up every morning feeling like you've won the lottery because your mattress is so damn comfortable? Because I do on my Lisa Legend, and it's time for you to join me. I actually slept on what they they have, a their most advanced luxury hybrid mattress made with premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support that I slept on for a few years. The most comfortable bed I have ever laid eyes or body on, as I said many, 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 many times on this show. The hybrid is incredible. I couldn't more highly recommend it. But I ended up in a situation where I needed a new guest bed for my guest bedroom. And, uh, so I moved the hybrid in there and I upgraded myself to the Lisa Legend and it is even more incredible. I cannot believe it. I love it. Lisa believes all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation. And as such, they make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, They have donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA in-home delivery and setup is available. Financing is also available. Don't miss out, Clam fam. Live healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. When you use the promo code dragon, that's l-e-e-s-a.com slash dragon. Promo code dragon. Grab yourself a fucking pillow while you're there.
1: Lisa. Lisa. (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay, the Night's Rewatch has continued. And Barrett, I want to take a minute to explain where the Night's Rewatch is finishing up to the people again because I had a dude on Twitch yesterday. This literally happened. I'm playing video games. Dude hops in the stream and he's like, huge fan of OCC. It's his first time there. And then like 20 minutes passes and the dude was like, wait, hold on. Y'all are finishing the Night's Rewatch? And I was like, bro, yes, on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles. Where the fuck have you been? This guy had no idea uh, that we were in the middle of of making our way back through season eight. He immediately jumped on. So, first of all, shouts to that guy because welcome. Uh, but yeah, Clam Fam, if you're not aware, everybody on patreon.com slash oysters clams cockles and the crustacean nation and the mollusk militia is enjoying the night's rewatch for season eight right now. Barrett and I have made our way through uh what four episodes? We're doing episode five this week. Am I am I correct there? Dubell's. The yep. Look look at me, look at me doing the right episodes. Um it's been awesome so far. We're having a blast. The Bell's coming this week, obviously a, a pretty crucial episode. And uh, yeah, for those of you who are wondering, like, do I want to put myself back through this? Because it's one of the things this dude asked me on Twitch. Barrett, how have you felt watching it and discussing it for the second time?
1: Um, I mean... Look, I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's it is a bit of a roller coaster, but I it's also really healthy, you know. Because sometimes when you revisit trauma, it, it it's not as bad as as you remember it being. And uh, and then just as, as far as as TV and film goes, you always need extra watches of of things that you care about and that you love because you see new things in them and things hit differently, uh, both for better and for worse on the second time around. Uh, one of our, you know, kind of big revelations from this last episode was that the 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 Jamie Brienne storyline, which we, which we really had a problem with the first time around, we panned it. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, kind of worked a lot better for us this time around. So that's just kind of like the type of the. That's one of many insights that that you and I kind of shared um, on this on this rewatch, and so it's been a lot of fun. And I, I would just add, you know, one of the things that we've talked about. While rewatching this this uh, this eighth and final season of Game of Thrones, which admittedly does not live up to to some of the earlier magnificent seasons, but so far, and this is fitting for the year that we're living in, I, I don't think t- TV has not been great in 2020 for me
0: yet. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with, I'm. I think that's a very fair take thus far. We it are... has not been 2019 or 18.
1: Or eighteen, yeah. We're in the fifth month here, and the the really the the one thing that has like blown me away is what I'm going to talk about later is the plot against America, which is a little six episode miniseries, and it's really it's the only thing that I would say is like truly like a phenomenal piece of 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 television creation that that we've watched thus far. There have been some other and- good good things like The Outsider and. Um, uh, I, I know we've talked about some stuff that I that I enjoyed as well. Devs was a lot. Of, well, Devs was a lot of fun. Devs was good. Um,
0: Devs was good. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was all the way great, but it but wasn't. The outs- yeah, it the wasn't outsider all was the,
1: good. Right. Devs was a little better
0: than the outsider. Uh, Westworld was a massive disappointment. <laughs> um,
1: so what was the one with Lyra.
0: Uh, oh, that
1: that was that was more last year. But uh, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, I- anyways, so it, it's it's funny because. <laughs> Despite its failings, season eight of Game of Thrones is arguably the best thing that I'm watching in 2020 so far.
0: (laughs) So, And really, honestly, that's been the craziest part about doing the season eight rewatch for me has been the perspective of a year. And really what that has meant is everything I've watched since that season dropped has given me the perspective to better appreciate the season. Now, you're you're spot on. As we discuss, it it isn't as good as seasons one through seven, or uh, especially not one through six. But season eight of Game of Thrones by itself in a, in a vacuum is still one of the most significant uh, and magnificent accomplishments in the history of television. So it's been incredibly fun to rewatch it with this new perspective, a year removed, and sort of like the pressure is removed as well. It's – there's you know. Right. We right. know what happens, man. Yeah. We're laughing at the bad shit before it even comes and stuff like that. So it's been more enjoyable for me. Um and for those of you who are wondering, there's no advertisements on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles. The way Patreon works is essentially a platform that allows us to bring you more podcasts in exchange uh, for you directly supporting the show in the form of a uh, monthly pledge. It's just five bucks to join the Crustacean Nation and get all the Night's Rewatch episodes, or you can play, uh, pay ten bucks to really go above and beyond supporting the podcast. And, uh, in the month of May, you will enjoy an extra episode. You can actually access April's as well, a hotline call Extravaganza, where all the members of the Mollusk Militia have their own private private hotline that they're allowed to call in. And we discuss anything and everything they want to discuss. Again, that's on patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash oysters, clams, cockles, where you can go support the show for five bucks and join the Crustacean Nation or ten bucks and join the Mollusk Militia. Both of you, both of those uh, tiers will get you all of the Nights Rewatch Season 8. But the Mollusk Militia will get you two additional episodes in April and May. Uh, obviously, we're in May now. We already did April's hotline call extravaganza, but May's is coming. Get your calls in, Mollusk Militia, all month long. Keep them coming. Bring those takes. Last Dance, 000, zero, zero. Plot Against America. Whatever it is you want to talk about, we are there to talk about it. Now, Barrett, Yes. let's jump in. Let's start with 000, zero, zero okay? Because. Yeah, let's jump. Yeah. We're gonna do the darkness first, zero 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 and the plot against America. then we'll get some some, some brightness at the end of the episode. Downcare. But uh, we've been discussing Amazon zero 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 and I, I previously described it as like if, if, if Narcos was made by HBO, that has been my take. Mm-hmm. But we have hit episodes five and six this week
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I don't really know what to make of what we just saw with two episodes remaining, right?
1: Yeah. Um we got two episodes left. I, I I am Well, just to be to be really concise about it, I didn't think these episodes were very good. Neither one. Compared to the first, uh, Compared four, to the first four, I have to agree. Four. They seemed sort of like to lose their track a little bit they, here. Yes. Yes, they did. And uh it was really interesting and I thought the first four ob- obviously did a lot of things really well. It was tense, it was good, it was exciting. Uh, s- super intense and also very violent. We're, we've already joked about the pig's blood, but of course, last week we talked a lot about getting lit on fire and and um, and getting sledgehammered and and just all sorts of of crazy violence that we were seeing on this TV show. And that was all okay um, because the story Things escalated was, a bit here because the story was so compelling. And then they basically divert us onto. Stuff that didn't seem to matter as much for two whole episodes. And just to point out what I'm talking about, we start episode five with this massive realization that grandson mafia, the guys that he is hanging out with to kind of pull this double agent thing, they know he's he's caught. They know that he shot himself. That's at the beginning of episode five. And then the next two hours, we don't even revisit. We, we don't we just it's completely forgotten. Which I mean, obviously they're going to pick up in seven or eight at some point, but it felt very strange to get this
0: massive piece of the puzzle and then go basically. Then, Barrett, the way I saw these two episodes was they were like episode five is let's meet the terrorists, and then episode six was and now let's spend time with the cartel.
1: Yeah, and uh, so so the uh, my my complaints are different per episode. The the episode five with the jihadists seemed completely unnecessary and i don't know why we needed to spend a full hour on that story were we supposed to identify with the g were they trying to personalize them so this was a moment of this television show again where it kind of it it, it was it felt very obvious that the show was not being made by americans because i think in 2020 we're kind of conditioned to know that we're 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 going to when you're making TV in America right now, it, it's it's semi frowned upon to, like, put out this like very stereotypical version of Middle Eastern terrorists. Right. I would say, yeah, we yeah. kind of uh, we kind of soured on that. The, like like the, uh, the the other Amazon show, the uh, the Jack Ryan. I watched the first season of that. And some of the critiques of it were that it like kind of rewinded us to this very, you know, 24 Jack Bauer era. Of just like Middle Eastern Middle Eastern terrorists bad Americans good, and you know I'm not saying that 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 the I'm just saying that that the TV generally doesn't do that that like that black and white take on it very often anymore. So I could feel that this episode was like trying to give nuance. There was trying to do what you just said. It's kind of trying to make you like humanize these terrorists, humanize these guys, and like build a connection between Dane DeHaan. And the, and the, uh, and the the terrorist leader, but it just, I don't know that it, it just executed that in a, in a, in a way that didn't mean much to me. Like, and I don't, I don't know. It just, it it was, we spent it. And then to add on top of that, it's like, they didn't introduce the whole, like one story from this perspective. And then the other half of the story from the second perspective, they didn't introduce that until episode four. And now we're getting that every episode. I also thought that was weird because I thought that was going to be like something that they only utilized. Once. Maybe wa- maybe once or maybe they come back to it in another kind of like similar instance. But now just now a, a third of the way through the season, we're just going to rely on that. That like storytelling gimmick mechanism or whatever. Mechanism. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was weird. And I didn't. And, and Dane DeHaan's piece of that where he's just like riding around with the jihadists nothing happened man they, okay they, so that... they went to a refugee camp and saw his new son and then they like had a conversation in a truck and then they all got blown up and uh, it it was just like yeah what the fuck was supposed to be
0: the takeaway there because look the reason okay early 2000s uh, after 9-11 Hollywood and television we presented terrorists jihadists middle eastern factions all the same way right it was very simple very straightforward yeah. terrorists bad Americans good we got burnt out on that somewhere along the way, and then it just got so old. Like, I mean, Middle Eastern conflict, and and then and then you could argue, uh, you could argue, Carrie's cry face probably did some damage here too. We just got sick of it. It's like the same shit. We know, we know how it works. We've seen all the versions of it on on television. We still have to see them play out in real life often enough to where we're like, fuck all this. Yeah, yeah. And then this version of it, I I just don't know what they were trying to accomplish because like they get that we get scene where the scene with it with a dude goes and visits his baby, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, uh, this is humanizing, I guess, but but What's the problem, I, I that's the thing. The problem is still terrorism fundamentally doesn't make sense to Americans. The idea of 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 sacrificing yourself, your life, committing these incredible violent acts, taking other people's lives with yours for the sake of a religious uh, promotion, sort of as it's often presented in the case of sure. jihadists that, that
1: we don't like that. <laughs> like we don't, well, want, uh, we don't well, want this. You, you mentioned Homeland. So let's just, let's just compare Homeland spends entire seasons of, and story arcs developing the the characters on the other side. We get people sitting down and talking about their emotions, why they feel the way that they do the way that the, the, re, the reason that like, you know the the uh in, in the most recent uh season like the reasons that the palestinians don't want the american help right like we just we we th- they show it from the angles and they spend a, they spend a lot of time letting us see each angle so we can try to better grasp what what why that thought process why, yeah the thought process and why these feelings come from these different areas here in this episode we get that we get like the the early 2000s scene of like a bunch of jihadists yelling Allahu Akbar and like, you know, doing their rifles up and down and yelling and making like these very tribal noises because they're celebrating a successful bombing. And it's like, it, it's less about whether that actually happens and more that it's just like, that's that's something that we've seen so often. And it feels just like we're that's just like what we think is happening, right? That's how we envision it. And then they, even though they show us a scene like that, they then try to add these layers of nuance, right? They try to le- give us these layers of emotion, humanization to the to the jihadi leader, but they're trying to do it in 15 minutes instead of an entire season. So it, it, it just, they introduced the jihadists in the same episode that they tried to explain their rationale in the same episode that they showed them just being like a bunch of loony screamers and it's like they it, you know what i mean like they 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 tried to package that all in one episode and it just didn't for me it didn't hit and and i don't know why we needed an entire hour long diversion w- with that group and like in and this whole thing is this this series is is uh you know I kind of get that they're they're going for like this almost like Greek mythology style thing right it's like Jason it's like Jason in his uh, in his expeditions or or Hercules or the Odyssey um wh- where uh, who the fuck is Jason Jason he like has to he he's Jason the hero I think he does a bunch of stuff in Greek mythology we can look that up in a second I I think I uh, not our boy Jason from high school not our boy Jason from high school no. <laughs> But, um, you know, so that's like Chris and, uh, and, and what's her face. It's like, they keep bumping into these obstacles, right? They keep having to like, they, 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 they run into this issue. They got to solve the issue. And I, I get what they're doing with that. But I'm, I'm so much more interested in like the nitty gritty of like the, of the cocaine politics rather than their like misadventures basically because how many times can they run into like a, you know some group that they have to deal with pay them off with 100 kilo- kilos of cocaine and then they get to the next stop like that's interesting once twice
0: but like four times yeah which let's jump into episode five or i sure. mean uh six. i'm six. sorry because at least in six, I'm interested in the cartel. At least I sort of enjoy it, but it's still similarly to episode five. It felt strange to not touch base with like any of our other characters, really. We focus almost entirely on the cartel, the way that they recruit, the way that they train. And then straight from there, like, first of all, it was uh, very, f- like, they haze these dudes basically. They haze them and mentally and psychologically torture them. Same thing as hazing. Yes,
1: Ross, what if I told you, what if I told you that in one week, through a series of fraternity hazing rituals, I could make you a special forces military officer? <laughs> <laughs> All it takes, Ross, is a few days of some guys yelling at you, Cabron! doing some calisthenics, madre! standing next to a hallway full of burning fire, calisthenics getting punched in the face you get called uh, a lot they call you pussy a lot and sleeping all in one this was hell week dude this was hell week except for that you got a a loaded gun pointed pointed at your head a couple of times um a couple more times than you did during hell week probably um okay one this was my biggest complaint here is how funny that all looked this dude these are the baddest motherfuckers You know, some of of the baddest dudes we've ever seen in a TV show, right? Yes. They kill all this guy, all this guy's men. They're about to murder him and his girlfriend. And they're like, give us all your dudes. We're going to train them. we're going to make them special forces officers, yo. (laughs) And then the next thing, and then the next scene I get (laughs) is them in like an abandoned warehouse. Everybody's just wearing their regular clothes, like cargo shorts and like, you know, denim jackets and shit like this. And I, I... And it is, it's so not special forces training. It's very bootleg. It's very, very bootleg. They're they're barely doing high knees. They look like they're running like an 11 minute mile around the, around the track. These guys are a mess. It's a total mess. And it looks, it looks silly. It looks really stupid. And you got the six, you got the six lead military guys who are just yelling. And like, suddenly they don't even seem intimidating how were those, like, I, th- that was just... It was weird, because it, it was like... It weird,
0: man. They put on a different tone, this, like, hazing thing, but at the same time, you're right, it wasn't intimidating anymore, because they're bringing in the factor of, like, this is a brotherhood, you're part of this, but also you're a pussy and you're gonna die, but also it's a brotherhood, and, like, do this with... It's, it just... Again, it felt like a very fast forward version of what, like, if they had really wanted to get into like the training of the jihad or the the cartel members and how they utilize these military, like the top guys have military experience and they're training all these dipshits and, and half ass training them and making them sleep on a net like that you'd find at a playground when you're a little kid. Um, I, I just again, it felt like a strange thing to 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 pull a full episode on, and then really, it's just like we already knew the cartel was bad as fuck, right? So when they go into Monterey and they start like taking over the city, and we have to watch for twenty minutes when they pull every single person out of a bus, and then again, like I, I execute never understood all of them. Yeah, yeah, and then execute every single one of them point blank range, and it's like, okay. And I guess that was like what? So then they decide by the end of the episode, they're like, "Hey man, we're working for the Lyra's, but we should have all that money," and then and then. When they go to do the deal with the Lyra's, where they get the uh, the the guns out of the truck or whatever, look from the from the first second that that deal started to go down, we all knew it was going to go south. Like everybody watching was like, "Oh, this is this is fucked," but it took forever to get there. These guys call each other "pussy" and punta de madre" and uh, "cabron" four hundred times, then they finally get to popping. And here's the part that I really don't understand about all this. Our biggest, bad is vampire. First of all, I don't know why they're called vampires.
1: They're our biggest, baddest Cause vampire. Because he, he was vampiro, vampire okay, he, in the right. military. That was his call sign, his nickname. And, and these are he's his commander, vampires. The the gang, their they're, they're thing, the firm, they're vampires. They're the, vampires. They're they're, all the, the little vampires. monsters,
0: Spirit. Yeah. The little monsters.
1: So he gets out of the car.
0: Not sure why he wasn't involved in the rest of the fucking shenanigans, but he gets out of the car and he comes over and he's like. Because he was hanging with pregnant lady. Look how they massacred my boy. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was on a date where you, you lay uh, on Dude, the just, bed. and
1: Just classic, classic pregnant lady antics. Hitting up the club, wanting dancing to dance, on the dance floor.
0: Go home just, and, cu- and snuggle. <laughs> he's like, I got to go do cartel stuff. And she's like, lay on the bed and like pats the bed. And you're like, I'm pretty sure he needs to go do this cartel stuff, though. Like, turns out he really did need to go do the cartel stuff, Barrett, because uh, he's very, very upset with the loss of this... Uh, it, one guy, yeah, Indio. You know, poor Indio. Um,
1: why does he give a fuck? We we they they murder people constantly. Well, that's that's his brother. That's his you know that's his his day one um, from the from the military uh, shenanigans, and so but he's he's but losing not, a brother. But he's not the main guy in his squad, right? Like, no, no, he's a that's he's the other a, dude. Yes. Okay. Now we've we've seen most of these guys, but the guy that he's like rolling around with in the car, uh huh. Who there is bound to be a conflict with very soon? Um, it's, it certainly no, seems so. It, it wasn't him, but to, to your point, I, I'm I'm 100 with you on 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 where you were going with that. Like, you know, you take the time again, and they they did the the two sided story. Right? We see we see Vamp- vampiro's side, and then we see the 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 homies side, the fellas. Um, so on, go on, down on their mission, and like you know, they, they do the music and they do him looking up from the body before it cuts to his side. And it's like this very dramatic piece. And it's, and it's supposed to be so meaningful. And then again, like not that much happens. They get in a truck to go pick up the guns. They, they, they are intercepted by Kinteras or whatever his name is. And then some shit goes down and then one of their boys gets shot. And just like you said, man, I don't care. I just watched that dude kill 30 innocent people execution style yeah like this is not dramatic or emotional for me all these dudes deserve to die yes that's the thing i'm just rooting for all them to die so like and 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 again and again what i wanted to see what i the the pieces of this episode that i that i am intrigued by is the boiling conflict between the Layras and the firm and between vampiro and 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 canteras who's dead now but um but, and, and the head lara has got the Lera the Lera brothers, you know, the scene at the restaurant where he buys the champagne and they go through all that big dicking. Like, like I, I want, I wanted in these two episodes, I wanted more of the story of like how the various conflicts in the, in the Coke game were kind of like boiling to a head. Yeah. And instead I just got two diversions, one with a group of jihadists And another with like a bootleg hazing military camp. Yeah, honestly, like like was kind of laughable at times to watch because it was it looked so, uh, just clumsy. And and I don't know if there was supposed to be
0: some parallel drawn, some like, okay, look at the way you know jihadists, these terrorists, they have. Their generational thing going, where they've got kids and shit, and then we see and they indoctrinate you, mm -hmm. and then we see the cartel version of that, and he's got his kid and shit. But like, it's still whatever it was, Barrett. uh, uh, The point is, I don't think for either of us it rang true. It didn't hit the way the first four did. These were two sort of uh, offshoot episodes where we were like, what? And what's interesting, and we were texting about this earlier one of our buddies who was one of the many, many, many people who suggested this show to us, he rated it very highly. We've spoken to his rating a couple of times. Um, you know, B, B plus or uh, B, B, plus, B minus, a minus B plus, what he B, said, B yeah. minus A plus, yeah, whatever. A minus B plus. Um, so after these two, you and I are kind of scratching our heads like, well, how's this going to end? Because we trust this guy. How's this going to end that it gets to the place where he was, he was that high on it and – uh I'll be honest, I'm kind of excited now because these may have just been two sort of weird filler episodes with a whole bunch of emotion built into them that didn't really ring true to you and I, but maybe it pays off. Maybe it's something in these final two that the stuff we saw in five and six makes more sense. I don't know. Um, But these two definitely seem strange to me, offbeat. I feel like we got out of the flow of where we were, sort of lost track, and I hope they find their way back because up until... uh, up until these two, I was I was a lot more happy with the show than I am now.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you know, you you they, they they bite off a lot by choosing to include buyers, sellers, and brokers, right? That's our cartel, our mafia, and 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 our American shipping uh, peeps. And so then to you have those three major groups, which are making up the bulk of the story, and then to kind of just like let one of them go for two whole episodes was just an interesting choice because you, we kind of like the next time that we see what's going on with the the mafiosos it's like well that was that was so long ago it felt like so it's just weird a weird storytelling choice um I, i'm i'm obviously still interested to see how they wrap it up with these next two episodes i, I just didn't think that these two were um were the right way to go about it. And I, I, I thought that they, I definitely thought that they slipped and uh, yeah, this, this kind of pushed the show towards B minus territory for me, uh, de- depending on, on the recovery of the next two episodes. But um, yeah.
0: Two more to go. We'll cover uh zero, zero, zero through the finale next week, episode seven and eight closing out zero, zero, zero. If you haven't dived into it yet, obviously now's the time get caught up we'll cover the finale next week. Well, Barrett, let's talk about something you did enjoy. Yes. The plot against America season 1, you said you finished it I and did. you said at the top of the episode that it's uh probably the thing you've enjoyed most this year.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, ag- again, enjoy is is a difficult word to to deploy here. Uh just because it is it's it, it is intense. Um but it is it, it's it is so emotional and so, um, you know, you know, it, it, it hits like a different fear button in your brain than zero 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 does zero zero zero. It's it's kind of terrifying and scary and horrifying to like watch these acts of violence happen in this kind of shadowy world that, you know, you don't really ever have to be a part of. But that is out there. Yeah, but that is out there. And so it's it's certainly frightening. Zero 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 hits a different button. Uh, in your brain, it's it's more like it, you're basically watching this alternate history where fascism is allowed to rise in the United States. Oh, oh plot and, against America, yeah, yeah, and plot against America, and it does such an amazing job of showing you how quickly that can happen. Basically, how how the how little slights here and there, little changes that you don't think mean anything stack up and suddenly you're sliding down the hill towards something really really scary and world-changing and and uh and oppressive. And so it's it's um obviously like it, we all in this day and age have politics on the mind at at, at all times. That's that's the world that we live in now. Uh, so it's just it's pretty it's pretty fascinating to watch something that is you know, let's see. Uh, Eighty years old now. This World War Two, this this World War Two time time period, and have it feel so relative to today in so many different ways. Um, and, and the acting, especially from like the two leads, is phenomenal. Uh, John Turturro and um, and Winona Ryder, who are kind of two uh, supporting characters, also turn in just like excellent, excellent performances. Torturo is uh, a more supporting role. Torturo is in a supporting role. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and it's six episodes. They will they will leave you feeling. I'll tell you. I'll say that much. So if it's it's pretty quick watch, except for the fact that you can't really binge it. Because it's too um, dark. Because it's pre- Yeah. Because it's just. It's it's heavy. It's heavy shit, man. Uh, there's a lot of. There's just like. The, the 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 central story kind of like revolves around this one family as well and and the dynamic between the parents and the kids and uh and it's just it's there's a lot of strife that's the levin family that's the levin family yeah um but absolutely worth a watch it's it it is it's currently you know through the middle of may the best new thing that i've that i've watched so far so high praise uh, yeah
0: for uh, The Plot Against America, season one on HBO. I'm probably going to dive into it at some point because uh, I don't think I realized... I thought it looked a little more... I didn't think it was going to be as dark as it is. And uh, for whatever reason, I now feel the urge to watch another dark show. (laughs) So perhaps I will dive into The Plot Against America, season one,
1: based on your recommendation. I will say, if for anybody that has not watched any of the episodes, um, this one requires two, watch two. The first one... Is a little slow as it kind of, you know, sets up the chessboard. Uh, yeah, you can't and, really
0: use the rule of three with a six-episode
1: season, that yeah, Much and and but then by the end of two, it's 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 rolling towards its destination. So, fair enough. All right, let's do the yep. last dance. Okay,
0: seven and eight. Um, we still have two to go. Again, apologies for the confusion. <laughs> but uh, okay, so let's let's jump into the part that I, I re- the thing I really wanted to talk about today. And this is kind of a discussion that broke out on social media some too as a result of episode eight. What we see throughout the course of this documentary, obviously delving into sort of the, um, it's almost like a look inside the mind of Michael Jordan, right? And sort of why he feels he did things the way he did. Because you have to remember, Mike signed off on this documentary, okay? They've wanted to do this for a very, very long time. He finally said Okay. If you did, if you don't think he got to pick and choose uh, what exactly they covered, you're insane. So Mike wouldn't do a documentary that made him look bad. I want to say that first and foremost. It's very important to remember. This is Michael Jordan telling Michael Jordan's story, basically. Like, I would love one day to get a documentary about this run that's non-unbiased, um, just like that. That isn't told from like the the MJ perspective, almost. Just because it's curious. There's so much about him. The thing about Michael that's always been so fascinating is that he does come off as this insane, as he puts it, tyrant. Right? Not a fun guy to play with. The dude, the type of dude that punches his own teammates, fights fucking Steve Kerr and shit. Like, and and again, what we talked about last week and the week before, the era in which he came up and did his thing was it just things played so differently than they would now. So that sort of aspect of it is fascinating to me. But the biggest question I'm left with, with seeing Michael Jordan, uh, first of all, the the way they've set up this show for memes, just unbelievable. It's almost like they made the documentary and they were like, we need meme moments in every episode. All right, get Mike an iPad, don't show what's on it, and now let him react. And it's like, just genius. But I I leave episode eight with two more. And sort of obviously, we're going to see this sort of culmination here, and, the, and they get this 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 last ring. But I leave episode eight asking myself, like, is this dude happy? Like, did this insane ride, all this shit he went through
1: and achieved, does Michael Jordan strike you as like a guy who's happy? Um, great question. And, and, and you're certainly hitting on on some of the exact same things that that uh, that stood out for me in these two episodes and that I'm sure stood out for for and, everybody. And Twitter as well yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, I would I think that he is happy, but one of the things that I really got to thinking about, especially early or just earlier this morning as I was kind of contemplating on these two episodes, thinking about talking about it for the podcast. A lot of times when we watch TV shows or we pay attention to movies or we watch documentaries or we look at celebrities uh, or even meme pages that that focus on this Friday beers comes to mind. You know, we we got all the characters in there, Dooley and Jimmy Heaters and and uh, and Senor Schneef. And, you know, those guys, right? You can find somebody that you. Oh, like my buddy. He's just like him. Right. 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 Like, I know somebody like the guy that I'm looking at on TV. No matter what you're watching, that's 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 how we relate. You know, we find things relatable. Things are enjoyable that are that are familiar. Chances are, you don't know somebody like Michael Jordan. (laughs) Right, almost nobody does. His breed is so rare to be that ambitious and competitive, and the having that type of desire to win and achieve no matter what at all costs like he says that is incredibly incredibly rare and it creates somebody like mike who who is essentially never satisfied with what he's what he's got or what he's doing yeah because that mindset that's sort of the and way it, it's, it, it's the biggest problem with it and here here's another thing that I'll point out that 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 stood out to me have we gotten any interviews or one-on-ones or comments from a wife or a girlfriend or a significant other or anybody else that might have been a a key relationship for Michael along the years. You're not seeing a lot of Mike's kids, are you? You know who else? You know who else's documentary won't include a significant other or a wife or a girlfriend or any type of relationship that has good things to say about him? Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all? Tiger Woods. Like, these guys, they are not easy to live with or get along with because of this personality trait that that is just how they operate and how they work and at the end of the day they don't really care because their priority is so singular which is why that line from him where he's like where he tears up and he's like if that's
0: not the way you want to play the game then don't play it that way yeah the emotion behind that was like this is a man who made this decision to 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 be that driven, at all costs achieve his goals. And I think over the course of his years and, and, and very much obviously the, the, the decision to go play baseball for a little bit plays into this, he's definitely had moments where he's he's paid the cost yeah. for for that lifestyle, for that drive. And I think what you see there with that emotion sort of boiling over is like the that's the cost of being the greatest and being – that alone and no barrett if you go that route family and friends are not going to (laughs) be your most important thing um it's it's that's those things are going to be very
1: difficult to manage and go ahead sorry yeah Uh, well i was just going to say you know there look i i find mike in this documentary nothing short of inspiring and all inducing and just like the 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 way that he operated is just truly, truly unique. And, um, and I mean, it's, it's just incredible. It's, it's, a it just really is an example of, of what absolute dedication, pure dedication to working hard can get you at the same time. Um, there there are and even though he produced this doc and and probably had 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 say in, in some final edit type stuff look man like this guy takes a slight or takes the smallest slight as a massive offense he's not friends with charles barkley anymore man because barkley said he was a shitty gm once <laughs> And and that's, that's insane. You know, just this, I'm, I keep wondering as I'm watching these guys like Horace Grant and BJ Armstrong and Dennis and Pip and, and, and even Phil, like, are, do any of them still have a relationship with MJ? Because I don't know. You don't get sure the that, feeling that they do. And, and, and that's, you know, you talk about the cost, like the fact that he can't take any type of, of slight like that, not one ounce of, of, of criticism or critique constructive or otherwise is like a detriment to, to his mental health and his personal life. Right. So and in a way that, that's, the and thing. that sucks. It's dude, it's,
0: it's what makes the last dance so cool and, and such a good documentary to me, even if it is one that Mike signed off on because it still serves as a cautionary tale. It, it, yes, it's, in, it's everything you just said. It's inspiring to see somebody, with that drive, achieve at all costs, sacrifice everything and get those things that they were going for. But the cautionary side of it is, you have to find a balance in life. Michael Jordan is a good example of somebody who didn't have balance at any point. He still probably doesn't. The man is an insanely competitive, overly driven sociopath. (laughs) And did it result in like the greatest athletic achievements in in our lifetime? Yeah but also I think it costs them a lot. And I loved that these two episodes, it's it sort of as we build towards this, this grand ending, really allowed us to see some of that without having to be so direct with it, right? Like I think whoever made this and, I, and ESPN obviously airing it, they did such a good job of working with the subtleties of Mike's like career, these these pieces of interview from him, the way they show things play out on the screen so that you pick up on the stuff like the drastic cost of caring about winning an NBA championship more than anything or anyone else on the planet,
1: including yourself. There's a price. There's definitely a price to pay.
0: Yeah. And, And I don't know that anybody will ever pay it the way that dude did again.
1: Like, I mean, it, 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 they, they get talked about in the same sentence because they are so similar. It, it's it's o- the only other person that it's we have Tiger. is Tiger that's that's like this. And I, I talked about who Mike's friends are. I do believe that he and Tiger are pretty good friends. And it, that makes sense because those two dudes, they, they 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 probably relate to each other more than anybody ever has with those guys. Like, like oh, God, yeah, you, they dude. understand each other.
0: Tiger even has the. I saw. I can't remember. If this was on Twitter or on, in a text chain. It's, everybody's talking about the Last Dance everywhere. Um, but somebody was asking, like, it's funny because, like, what if Tiger had retired from golf to go try to actually become a Navy SEAL? Right. That was Tiger had the Navy SEAL thing. Mike had the baseball thing. The, yeah, mm-hmm. different. But they both had these like side obsessions. Totally. That they felt they needed. Because, like, for those of you who aren't aware, Tiger Woods did, like, insane um, SEAL Team 6-style training and, like, really delved into that lifestyle and, like, mindset
1: of, like Like – Like, I'm I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with the BUDS Navy SEAL training. Yeah. But he pretty much did BUDS just, like, for fun, basically. Which
0: is the – it's the training that I don't know that – I can't remember the percentage, but – that's how you make – that's how you become a Navy SEAL and, and most people do not make it. It is insanely yeah, the, the difficult. The process. Yeah. Yeah. For any of you who have ever uh, read uh, The Lone Survivor, yo, you get chapters on that shit and it is insane. Like it is intense. Yeah. These fools – it's the opposite of the Mexican cartel training in uh, yes. <laughs> in, the, in the fucking 000, bro. It's, it's the most intense training you've ever read about or seen unfold in your life. And Tiger had that too. So it's like – Yes, man. It is so funny how watching Michael Jordan and a documentary on him, how he's so specific of an individual and so unique that there's one person
1: in the entire world who you keep coming up with this compare, and it's just Tiger Woods. Yeah, you you know what else I love about these two episodes and thinking about you know we're, we're just everything that we're talking about with the, this attitude, this personality, this drive to win. It's it's just it's fascinating to me how it translates on the golf course on the basketball court when you have physical control of these things right you can you can lead because you're down there you're on the court people follow you they follow your personality and what you say and how you act and it's just been it's been really really interesting that he cannot turn that into a successful nba franchise in the same way and it it, it uh you know That's just a neat wrinkle that like certain types of leadership only work in very specific paths.
0: Yes. And I think that from from even when we were younger, when Michael first got into the management and then the ownership side of the NBA, that was always the thing, right? We were like, okay, is he going to dominate this too? And obviously, he's had very, very, very little success. Um, yeah. To the point that one of his best friends, Charles Barkley, made fun of him at one
1: <laughs> point, and now they no longer speak. Uh and it, yeah, you that- can't will you can't will yourself to uh, to ha- to running a good NBA team, and it, it's just I mean, like I, that. I don't know how that eats at him, but I bet it does.
0: I have to imagine it is one of the great frustrations in his life. Yeah and And almost to the point that like if he doesn't get a ring out of that franchise before he dies, he might regret it. <laughs> Dude, I mean, and it's not like he's even close, man. No Charlotte they're, they're, is they're Charlotte is bad. Yeah, they've <laughs> never really had anything going any any little individual stars they've had. you but could you imagine playing for this guy? Can you imagine being on the Charlotte Hornets right now and like getting to watch this documentary and being like, I gotta go back to work for this motherfucker? That's terrifying. This dude is insane. It'd be incredibly intimidating to try to play basketball with Michael Jordan watching you when he owns the team. Yeah. Ugh. But the doc's been uh, incredible. I can't wait to watch the last couple. And you got to give these the look. Everybody involved in this deserves a lot of credit because they really turned it around quickly for us because of the whole COVID thing. Like this wasn't supposed to come out till later. They were like, "Shit, we need to get this out now." And it has been. Barrett, you said. You know, the plot against America season one was, was you know, the best thing you've seen this year. And then we've kind of had this lack of, of good TV mm-hmm. shows. But we've had two documentaries that have captured the whole world by storm. Totally, We had yeah. Tiger King and Joe Exotic, and now we've got The Last Dance. And that's sort of been a saving grace uh, in this time period. So everybody enjoy um, the last couple I- episodes. We'll talk about them next week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. And I I know that ESPN like flipped, you know, they, they, they bumped this forward by, by, uh, by several months. And I don't know how many other things they like, they changed to get the, the next wave coming, but they've set this up in a really brilliant way because I'm not sure if you noticed watching these last two episodes, but basically when this one finishes, they've got three right behind it of like the regular 30 for thirties that will air on Sunday nights in June that also look Incredible, really yeah. good. It's a it's a Lance Armstrong two parter, and then um and then oh uh, the 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 uh, McGuire Sosa home run race one. Oh and then a, shit! Yeah, and then a third one that that's slipping my mind right now. But all three look awesome, and I'm sure they're going to do big nu- big numbers because people are just like you know starving for sports content. So we got episode nine and ten coming up on the uh, this upcoming Sunday. And
0: then we will discuss this Sunday, Monday, Sunday, whatever. The Last Dance episodes nine and 10 next week. All right. We have a top five this week. And uh, Barrett and I were texting back and forth about who to do for top five. And he was like, have we done Reese Witherspoon? And I was like, no, man, we should totally do Reese. And then I got on Instagram and Twitter and I put up Drew Barrymore photos everywhere.
1: And in my my head, it kept uh, some multiple day conversation we had. Yes. And even in text message form, you responded to me at points with, oh, we got to move Drew Barrymore back. uh, (laughs) So even in text, you saw Reese Witherspoon and then just like translated that to Drew Barrymore for for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but um... I want to apologize to white women. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know
0: what my deal is here, but they're the same person to me, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's quickly knock out Drew Barrymore's top five movies, just cause it's okay, very, yes, very because it's very,
1: very easy. I was able to do this in like three minutes, just just via text with you. Um, I said we can do Drew Barrymore, but I, I'm not sure, sure how interesting that'll be. Yeah. So let me first throw out that mine are a little different than yours, Barrett. There's a, there's okay, a slight well, There's a slight differentiation. I I rattled off five, but I'm 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 going to change up the order on you a little bit here. You want to go first, or you want to let me? Yeah, lo- let me let me uh, let me go first here. Okay, uh, actually, no, you go first. You go first. Okay, I'll go five five to one. Okay,
0: okay. My number five has never been kissed, and here's why: I've seen it once. It was twenty fucking years ago. My number four <laughs> is Fifty First Dates, and here's why: uh, that is the stupidest premise for any movie ever, and is highly enjoyable because Adam Sandler and 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 Drew Barrymore just have great chemistry, and I love uh, the idiot side characters in the form of the dad and the son. And, and she really doesn't have that many things to pick from. So here's number three, <laughs> Scream, where she's in two minutes of the film and is brutally murdered. So number two is The Wedding Singer, which is one of my all-time favorite oh, movies. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good I, one. This is one that I completely forgot about when we were talkst- talking yesterday, and it's the reason that my list got changed a little bit. And then, of course, my number one is E.T., just like everybody else's with Drew Barrymore lists. My honorable mentions include some of the ones you're going to have on your list, so I'm going to save them. Please oh,
1: set us okay, your one. Okay, to five, sure, though. sure. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm looking back and it's really, it's just interesting because she is one of, uh, look, we've kind of had this conversation on some of these top fives before, but it it still continues to interest me. You become a major celebrity and like a Hollywood A-lister after like two good movies.
0: Well, she, but she was like a, she was like. A child's a child, a child a Hollywood star darling sort of situation. Hol-
1: I know, I know, I know. But like, it's just always interesting to me when I like look at these. I look back at these people's filmographies. You know, Jude Law, for example. He's he is a huge international A list guy, Jude Law, right? And then it's like, it's not like his IMDb is just absolutely like smash hit after smash hit after classic after critical dar. Like you know, it's like it's a little it's a little wonky. Yeah, in his case, he's like okay. So there's always
0: exceptions. Like her case, childhood Hollywood darling. His case, one of the best looking humans to ever walk the face of the earth. So it's like he doesn't have to do that much good shit. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, um, but you're right. Okay. For some reason,
0: everybody knows Jude Law though. Like he's such a family name. And if you were like name something Jude Law's done that you love, people would be like, "Uh, well, like, um, well,
1: I don't know, the holiday."
0: The Last Pope was weird.
1: All right. So uh, so for my number five, I am going to go with... Uh, with I'm going to do Going the Distance. Oh, wow. Yeah. This movie starred Drew Barrymore and Justin Long, and it's like a pretty decent rom-com. Okay. Number four... 2010's Going the Distance. Okay. 2010's Going the Distance. Uh, number four... I'm going to say Never Been Kissed. Like you, I've seen it a couple times. It strikes me as a a movie that I remember fondly, so that's good enough for number four. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, Number three, I am going to say Music and Lyrics. The fuck is that? That's a Hugh Grant rom-com starring Uh, drew Barrymore she crushed a lot of rom-com she did which i find slightly more entertaining and better than uh than going the distance so it jumps up to there uh then number two 51st dates that's a very entertaining film like you said i i you know that's a one that's on cable i'll watch it i don't know why but i always do and then number one and this is truly like what i think she's most well known for at this point and these movies are a lot of fun is the charlie's angels franchise
0: yeah so they're on my honorable mention of course charlie's angels and charlie's angels full throttle
1: yes yes along with fever pitch oh yeah that's yeah there's one she (laughs) did she did do a lot of rom-coms didn't she and he's just not that into you Which are, of course,
0: some of my favorite films. They just didn't (laughs) quite crack my top five for Drew Barrymore. Let's move into our serious top five.
1: I'm so glad you picked Drew Barrymore as our top five, man. That was was quite a... What a riveting discussion. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Good, good stuff. Listen, if 50 First Dates is in
0: your top five, you don't get a top five. So (laughs) the only reason she got one is because I'm an idiot. And uh, now we're going to do our real top five on Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon... As we have, have brought up many, many times over the last, what, year and a half, two years, three years, really, if you're talking about when Big Little Lies season one came, ba- came out, she really like, she took this next step up in Hollywood to like, she's always been one of those household names. Everybody knows Reese Witherspoon. She's awesome. But now she's almost like, she's taken this like, fig- this spot in my head as like, sort of like America's mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she does like her clothing line thing that she has that all these rich white ladies love, and then she produces Big Little Lies and makes it an accident that all these rich white ladies love, and then she does movies and stuff, And but she's she really does have like an insane hit list that goes back to movies in the fucking 90s and shit that I totally forgot about. Like one of my uh, honorable mentions is Fear. Yep. Did you ever watch Fear. With Mark Wahlberg, right? With Marky Mark, he just yeah. like it. It's like no, Reese it's just- Witherspoon as a seventeen-year-old dating a thirty-year-old bad boy, and it's just
1: hell. Not not only is it, I mean she she is one of America's sweethearts. She is Amer you know America's mom. She is now like a social media star because of funny TikToks with her kids. And that type of thing. Her kids look exactly like her. It's terrifying. Um, she, but she is also like a dominating producer in Hollywood now, with her film and studio company that options all sorts of books and and movies. Focus on like women's stories and and women created content. Uh, a ton of which have been like big big hits. Obviously, she's she's uh, she's behind uh, Big Little Lies as well, and in front. There in a very very just kind of an all time role for her. It's just so Reese, you know. She did the morning um, show on uh, Apple. The morning TV show. Deal. So really, like she she is. Yeah, she's she's quite the uh, the the Renaissance woman. Um, and very and much has a badass has Hollywood. really has really just catapulted her early success into like a truly dominating Hollywood career. She also executive
0: produced Little Fires Everywhere, which is another show I know a lot of people are watching right now. But um, mm. yeah, no, in terms of my top five for her, uh, I'll start with my number one. And it, it doesn't feel fair to her to put it as my number one, but I have to. And it's it's because the movie is, is, out of all of her movies she's done, it's my favorite. And it's American Psycho. And it's It's a weird one because she's like this side role as the girlfriend that just gets dumped on the whole movie, but she's so funny and cute, and I love American Psycho, so it just ends up being my number one favorite Reese Witherspoon movie, period, point blank. All right. I don't care that it's not one she got nominated for. I'm going to include her other incredible works of art in my list, but my number one has to be American Psycho.
1: All right. Give
0: us your five.
1: I'm gonna go. You want you? You're gonna go one to five. I'm gonna go five to one. Yeah. Now nah, let me start with one two. Oh th- damn it! Th- That'll be less confusing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my number one man. My number one man. I'm I'm very tempted to uh to break with format, but I I won't. From my number one, mm. I'm gonna say my number one is wild. Very fair
0: choice, and I think you could argue I said Big Little Lies sort of catapulted her into this place where she
1: was like a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. I think Wild was really the first thing, wasn't it? Because so Wild was one of the first motion pictures to come from her studio, and it was a book that she optioned. It, it was right? a, it was a very popular book that she optioned, um, you know, about this like woman's story and uh, of, of really like truly like finding herself and like overcoming you, you know certain life obstacles and uh yeah her studio optioned it she starred in it and um it's just it's one of her most compelling roles because it's like she obviously carries with her that like reese witherspoon ness but um but it's it's also just like a pretty a pretty tour de force acting performance as well and she obviously just gets like a ton of screen time and it's her it's her vehicle yeah and um and i just really enjoyed the the film that's one that i even saw in theaters uh and uh and um that's that's my number one.
0: So my number two I'll give you my two and three. My number two is Walk the Line. My number three was Wild. And these are the two movies where I think she does the best job of showing off her acting prowess. And okay. Wild's incredible for all the reasons you just said. It was her vehicle. She's it very much the the she she is the movie. Walk the line, um, as June and and, and it's just one of my favorite movies. I love the story of Johnny Cash. I thought Joaquin Phoenix did an incredible job. She's so good as his counterpart, which in hindsight, I didn't really put this together at the time, but it had to be incredibly difficult to accomplish because we know Joaquin Phoenix is not easy to work with. And Drew Barrymore essentially strikes me as the opposite of Joaquin Phoenix in terms right, of ease right. of working with. So that had to have been crazy as hell. And she's so good in that movie so Walk the Line is my number two Wild was my three and those are my two movies that like if we're being real and I'm not being biased by American Psycho and how much I love that movie and her in it then those are the ones that I really think argue for her one spot um, for you know outside of our top five purposes
1: yeah yeah I would put Walk the Line at number two as well for me and then uh, my number three again another one of her best simply her best acting performances is Mud yep which is a movie that starred Matthew McConaughey and again, she just gets to be a little bit, we know her so well as like legally blonde Reese, right? Right. Because that's kind of the personality that she depicts in real life as well. So it's always fun to like really get 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 a chance to, for her to show off acting chops. Um, and, and Mud is another movie that's like probably pretty underrated, honestly. But it's Dude, a it is. really, really good movie. And both she and McConaughey are great in that. Kind of one of those uh,
0: strange McConaughey films that's sort of under the radar. Is like a little too gritty or yeah. something looking yeah. for people
1: yeah but it's it's you know it's 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 a pretty i wouldn't it's not like a g-rated movie but it, it's a uh you know it's kind of it's it's about a kid too so yeah it's like a fun kids uh friendship story and shit yeah so it's it's got some darkness and and definitely is pretty tense but yeah it's um you know it's not super dark
0: I put mud on my honorable mentions um, and I close out my number four and my number five with two we've mentioned. Number four for me is Legally Blonde. The fact that that movie is like a cultural staple like it is now, I think they're doing a third one, the upcoming they are um, yeah. that 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 movie should not have been nearly as good as it was, <laughs> and in hindsight, it. Re- I mean, it's one of those ones where I will watch a few minutes if it's on TV, man. Because yeah, it's funny. it really is.
1: A, it's a good. It's it is a good movie. It's funny.
0: It has a good message to it, and yep. she is so smoking hot. Yeah. So that is uh, an easy number four for me, and then I closed my my number five was Cruel Intentions because uh, it's just like one of these classic movies from my childhood where. I remember hearing it and loving it. And uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like I could leave it off my list. So my honorable mentions to
1: An early breakout role for her.
0: Yeah. um, One of the ones ones when I think Drew Barrymore, that's one of the movies that pops into my head.
1: You mean Reese Witherspoon? Why am I doing this?
0: (laughs) Why, dude? They're completely different people. I don't get it. My other honorable mentions are uh, Election, Pleasantville. I haven't seen Election since... 2002 Pleasantville
1: Hey did you see Sweet Home Alabama? I did, I did. It was actually just on TV like a month ago and I watched 20 minutes of it.
0: What the fuck um, is wrong
1: with you? That's an honorable mention for me. And then Fear and Mud <laughs> and then I'm done. <laughs> uh my number 4 also the legally blonde franchise for the reasons we just talked about. It's really it is very funny. She is excellent in it. Even though it is like the most Reese Witherspoon being Reese, it's still just like an all-time character um you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's Hollywood history, man. It is. Um, And then five is where I'll break format. And I'm going to put in big little lies here because those two seasons really kind of, uh, I I think cemented this new era of Reese where she is dominating on HBO and Apple TV, as well as producing and behind the camera as well. And just like facilitating all of these different movies and films and stories, that are that are being put out there, uh, little fires everywhere. I'm pretty sure she's she's behind that as well. Yes, and it's just you know she's she's a she's a titan of industry, and Big Little Lies kind of like put her on the map as that, as well as just really kind of like pushing to the forefront this notion of of Reese Witherspoon as kind of America's mom, like you said. Yeah, America's man, America's hot I- mom, America's milf.
0: Love Drew Barrymore. Very glad we got to talk about her today as America's Hot Mom. No, I'm just kidding. I know it's Reese Witherspoon. Um, Also, I was wondering about this Is my last thought on Reese. It's like, I wonder if she got through the – like she was a mom. She's a mom, obviously. I wonder if she got through enough of like parenting and motherhood and then she was like, and now it's time to focus again on dominating Hollywood and then go back in. It just seems like this was such a recent explosion where she's just producing and acting and writing and – Optioning all the books and making all the movies and the TV shows and starring in the the new Apple Plus bullshit. What? Not Apple Plus. What is their shit even called? Apple. Apple TV. It's just called Apple, Apple TV. T- or Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus
1: and Disney. But yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's probably right because she did. So Inherent Vice and Wild were both 2014, and then. Uh, she was in a movie called Hot Pursuit in 2015, which I don't remember. Oh, is that like a yeah, is that like another comedy? comedy yeah, comedy. It's her and uh, oh, her and Sofia Vergara in Hot Pursuit. I never saw that. Got a 5.1 on IMDb, so probably not very good. Yeah, it can't be good, but you know, probably wouldn't hurt to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, so six, it, the rest of 15 and 16. Was all like voice stuff only, or, or shorts? You know, the Muppets TV series, one episode. Nature is speaking TV series short. Was she in 2000- Sing too? Sing, two thousand sixteen. She's a voice in Sing. Two thousand seventeen. Gunter babysits a video short where she's a voice. Don't know what that is. Uh. So. So yeah. I. It. Yeah. You know. She. There was a stretch of time there where she was just kind of like in and out. Not. Not super prolific.
0: Looks like Gunter, uh, the Gunter one, that's a pornography here I'm looking at.
1: I'm just kidding. It's not. Love Reese Witherspoon, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm wrong. First season of Big Little Lies was 2017, so maybe she didn't really take that much of a break. I was
0: considering all that voice acting and shit, and even the years where she did like one or two movies
1: as part of that. Because then this stuff now, like this woman must not sleep. It right now non-stop. she's definitely now she's churning for sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Great, great, Celeb Reese. We love you, Reese. Thanks for right on. Huge appreciation for both Drew Barrymore
0: and <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, and that will do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to our sponsors. Lisa is our sponsor for today. You can support us by supporting Lisa. them. Lisa com slash dragon to get fifteen percent off any mattress for a limited time. And of course you can support us directly by joining the night's rewatch at patreon.com slash oysters cockles to finish out season eight of Game of Thrones rewatch in the months of April and May. We are now on episode five, the Bells, which we will be doing this upcoming Friday. It will be available on patreon.com slash OystersclamsCockles Friday afternoon to evening. Looking forward to it. Everything on Patreon is ad-free. Support the show for five bucks and join the crustacean nation to take part in the night's rewatch or $10 to go above and beyond supporting OCC and become a part of the Mollusk Militia so that you can uh, enjoy that Hotline Call extravaganza episode each month as well. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at Oysters, We're on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. We're also on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. My name is Ross Bolin. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at WR Bolin. You can also listen to my show, The Ross Bolin Podcast, available wherever you're listening to OCC. Mr. Barrett Dudley, where can we follow you and hear more of your voice?
1: Yo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Barrett Dudley, and then you can check out the Club Cool Podcast, where we meet at the intersection of style and pop culture. We had our first guest in a long time this past Ooh. week. Uh, we had the senior editor of uh, A Blog to Watch we spend over an hour just talking anything and everything watches. So if uh, if if that's something that you're into, you definitely like our last episode. Just search for Club Cool wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Club Cool Pod.
0: All the timepiece fellas and ladies out there need to hit all the that watch the heads, right? Yeah. All right, we're out. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Until gotcha. next helping, Lyra. Adios, muchachos.